Ladies and gentlemen, this is your time to grow, give, and expand. I'm your host, Doug Myers. Let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Grow, Give, Expand podcast. We are in the middle of a real estate investor mini-series, and in this edition, I'm speaking to the investor couple, Melanie and Dave Dupuis. Based out of North Bay, Ontario, they have over 100 rental units to their name and 17-plus years experience in property ownership and management. This self-made couple definitely understands the ins and outs of property investing, and on their journey, they're now starting to share this information with an ever-growing list of followers and students alike. Mel and Dave are proof that as long as you don't let anything stop you, success can be yours. After a life-changing incident, which they'll get into talking about in the episode, they decided that nothing was going to get in the way of themselves and their dreams. The result of this decision is not only a real estate investing portfolio that provides for them the financial freedom and the time freedom that they were desiring, it also created a wealth of knowledge for both Melanie and Dave to share with others. They've now started up a mentorship program where you could work exclusively with Mel and Dave to find out exactly what they do to find deals, vet deals, and get those deals done. Their experience also led them to become the authors of a best-selling book, Real Estate Investing Secrets, a no BS guide to creating wealth and freedom. It's a short read, only 94 pages, but it gets right to the point, packs a powerful punch, and for anybody who's looking to get started, I highly recommend this book as a place to jump off from. In our conversation, we discussed a number of topics, including the car accident that did have a major impact on the direction in which they were taking their investing. We talk about how they've worked with men and coaches to go from linear growth to essentially exponential growth in their portfolio. We talk about the ins and outs of the kind of real estate investing strategies they use, how they build relationships with their investors, and what they're doing to grow their impact on the real estate investing community as a whole through their new mentorship programs and coaching opportunities. It was a pleasure to have this conversation with Melanie and Dave Dupuy, and I really look forward to sharing it with you. It's engaging, it's exciting, but most importantly, it's highly educational. Let's grow, give, and expand with this episode's guest, Melanie and Dave Dupuy. Melanie and Dave Dupuy, welcome to the Grow, Give, Expand podcast. How are you guys doing today? We're great. Thanks for having us, Doug. Yeah, Doug, thanks for having us on. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to this. You know, you're, we're part of a real estate investor mini series right now, and you guys are the first couple that I get to have on. You're, you're an incredibly cool. successful real estate investing couple, so I'm sure this um, brings in some new uh, nuances in terms of how you guys work together and, and what's that, what that is like. So um, this is fantastic. I'm really happy you guys could carve out some time for me here. Awesome. Our pleasure. Thanks mm-hmm. for having us. Yeah, so... You guys are, are pretty well-known, I'd say. You're getting more and more well-known. I know you've done some podcasts and things like that, written some books. So uh, for the people who do not know you, though, however, I'm sure there are many listeners here, who are Melanie and Dave? Yeah, so Mel and Dave, we're the investor couple, um, is how we're known on, on social media. Um, but yeah, Dave and I, we, we're, we're real estate investors. We 
currently own over 100 units, um, and that is solely owned. So 100% ours. We don't. It's not joint ventures or anything like that. Um, we are well known for buying 12 properties in less than 12 months. Uh, we have our best-selling book that we wrote last year, and uh, yeah, we, we do speaking gigs. We do mentoring as well. They cover about all of it. <laughs> yeah, our, our passion is buying buildings, though. That, that's the, the long-term play. That's what we love the most. Yeah. So that's, still, that's what I love the most. I love looking at numbers and getting the grind. Yeah, so we still have uh, deals on their, under contract for this year, and we already have a couple of properties for next year as well under contract. Mm-hmm. There's so much that we're going to be able to get into. I'm really excited about it, but I've got to I've got to go back to square one because you guys have both uh, unique starts to uh, your real estate investing journeys, and then how you came together and, and became the investor couple. So maybe we'll start with you, Dave. What inspired you to get started in real estate investing? So, <laughs> as bad as it sounds, I always wanted to be a millionaire. I, and in high school. Uh, high school wasn't really for me. I had fun playing sports and that, but anyway, so I knew I wanted to be a millionaire. I wanted to be a millionaire by 30 and, uh, but I didn't know which Avenue. So a friend of mine, his dad had a couple of rental properties. He lent me a book that his dad gave to him. Uh, and it just said something about 90% of all millionaires do through, do through, do so through real estate. And, uh, that it's powerful because you actually get to keep your money, you know, as opposed to, you know, the nine to five and they take 40% of your pay. Um, so that's how I kind of started and I knew that real estate would be the vehicle that I would use to get there. And for yourself, Mel? Um, so I, I, when I met Dave, I already had two properties. It was a duplex and a triplex. And for me, it was, I wasn't quite as passionate as Dave here. I just, I wanted extra cash flow, and, and, you know, I knew some people who had properties and I thought, Oh, nice to have some extra cash flow. And, um, and I think it's, once we got together and it was pretty neat because we obviously both had a love for real estate and then we thought let's do this and let's do this in a big way so that's that's what we end up aiming and, and being able to accomplish yeah mm. that's interesting dave um your your goal is, is very similar to my goal that's exactly actually what i had said uh, a few years ago i was like oh i want to be a millionaire by 30 um that's so that's cool awesome. we, we share that and i and i don't cool. think there's anything wrong with that by the way <laughs> no no uh, no i agree i agree that's mm-hmm. cool. Fantastic. Uh, my goals, so that way you take major action, right? Ma- major goals and yeah. major action. Absolutely. So when you guys came together, was there an original intention, right? Right when you guys got to get together and and started, hey, you know, we realized we want to actually, you know, build something um, between the two of us. How did that kind of formulate? Where did that start? And then how did it end up expanding into what it is now, which is uh, uh, quite a large business, in fact. Yeah, and and. <laughs> Honestly, I was so like I I I had a romanticized thought of it that I was gonna buy all these buildings, be a millionaire, and but I was such a big baby <laughs> in the fact that I was scared. Like I was so scared, and I was in my own head, and I I, uh, I just I just couldn't get past that. What if? What if? What if? And oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? And and as soon as I met Mel, and she was like, Dave. Your biggest worry is finding a lease. Google it. Here, I've got one for you. Your biggest deal is what if he doesn't pay or he or she doesn't pay? Um, you know, look look up the Tenant Board Act uh, and figure it out. And I was like, okay, so I guess it's not that big of an issue that I created in my mind. So um, Mel helped me overcome that hurdle or that that my my self created barrier. And uh, after that, we just we just saw the income coming in, Doug. And it was just to reverse engineer. Like we wanted Mel to quit her full-time job 
So it was, okay, well, if she's making, you know, four or $5,000 a month, how do we do that? You know, so instead of the paycheck, you know, remove paycheck, insert income property. And that kind of exactly. sparked it. Yeah. Okay. This one property makes me this much. We'll need X amount of properties to replace my income. Then we need X amount of properties to replace my pension and benefits. Um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of how we decided to, to start growing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so when you guys did start off, if I, if I recall, you know, back to some conversations that we've had previously, you guys had a kind of almost a crucible moment where, where you realized, Hey, you know, we really need to get going on this. Or this is something that we're passionate about. It's time to quit stalling, quit waiting, let's go and let's make this happen. Can you share that story with, with people? Cause I think it's really going to you know, resonate as to, you know, yeah. maybe why you guys started going uh, as hard as you did and, and really wanted to move into this kind of full-time real estate investor space. Yeah. And I mean, Dave and I, we at some, so we did end up slowly growing. Um, we bought 12 properties in, in less than 12 months. In 2017. In 2017. And, you know, we were on the right path and we were motivated. And, uh, you know, we were definitely heading in the right direction. And, and we kept, we we're growing. And then we were actually on our way to a real estate investing summit um, in Niagara Falls. And uh, we were on the highway, so going around 120 clicks an hour. We were in the backseat of the cars because there was a, a chauffeur that was provided to us by... Um, as part of the services and uh, an accident was caused by a careless transport driver. So transport driver hit a vehicle beside us. They hit us. We instantly hit the um, guardrail and rolled about five, six times across the highway. Our vehicle, our SUV was completely crushed. Um, If it was anything smaller, everyone there couldn't believe that we survived. You know, we're going, it was just for anybody that knows the air and near Toronto was just before Canada's wonderland had to crawl out the windows and Dave thought he lost his legs. Yeah. Like, it was really a feeling of uh, like unreal, Doug, helplessness and just like, just the loss of control that you're just, and just you're, you're like a, not to be cheesy, but like a, you know, a bag in the wind. Like there's no, you're just going with whatever, wherever it takes you. Like it was yeah. just unreal. It was the scariest day of my life. You know, I have three kids. So as I'm going through it and, and again, you're stuck, you're, zero control you're just you know where you're rolling you're you know there's 100 cars behind you going 120 clicks an hour you're thinking oh my gosh like am i gonna is this it um so yeah scariest day of my life um but but we survived and we were we were okay i ended up having a really bad concussion uh for a few months but we were still physically overall fine and that day, that same day, we, it was kind of, that was, uh, I think that was the first day of the rest of our life. Like, and again, I'm saying all these cliches and I'm not trying to be cheesy, but it really was. It just opened up where, you know, we were in, in the hospital and I, my neck was in a brace cause I wasn't even sure, like I could barely move. And, and we we're trying to figure out like what just happened and thinking about the kids and, and then, you know, thinking about like our, just our life in general. And, and, and we realized like, why? why aren't we doing more? Why aren't we, you know, we were able to achieve success through real estate. Why aren't we helping other people? Cause there's nothing special about us. Anybody can do what we did. They just need to know the strategies and the know-how, you know, why, why aren't we doing more? So it was almost like our calling kind of came to light the same exact day, same day once we were released from the hospital, we still decided to go to the real estate investing summit. You guys still went? 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I was. It's funny now, but it wasn't funny at the time. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, another shuttle uh, picked us up. He said, "Hey, we're at the hospital. Can you come pick us up?" They're like, oh, "Okay." And then <laughs> we get in, and we're mass like our car, like our our clothes. We've just been through a a, a, a very severe motor vehicle collision. You know, we have blood. We're kind of uh, bruised up and walking like this. And then, so there's other people in the shuttle when they come. <laughs> They're, and they're actually fellow Keyspire members, so yeah. that's where we're heading. And you can tell they're just like, they're probably thinking, these people are still coming with us. And oh, yeah, that, we're a mess. Like, we're in shock. I was shaking. And yeah, I no doubt. Kids and, and crying every time I, oh, you know, see a vehicle come by me because I was obviously in just complete shock. Yeah. But we had two choices, right? That day we had two choices. So we could have came back home and the kids had plans already. So we could have chose to come back home and be really sore because we certainly were um, and feel sorry for ourselves or be really sore, but keep doing what we loved. And, and we decide to yeah. go after our passion, do what we love. And it's so, you know, when you take those steps, we decide to do that. That weekend was just absolutely amazing. We met so many people. Um, that's when Dave and I, we decided to write a book. It was life-changing. Uh, it was just a life-changing weekend. And, 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 and sorry, we just, I was reading something. We decided to, to, um, we decided to continue to live our life by design and not by default. And I love that though. Like I read that just a couple of days ago and I, I heard it before. I was like, you know what? In that day, we said, there's no way in heck we're going to let that careless transport driver take anything away from us. You know, it was more like not angry, but like, no, no, you're not ruining our weekend. We're going there and, and writing that book and all that stuff. It's just been, it's just kind of compounded and propelled. So I'm very happy we went. Yeah. And then since then, you know, I came back and I kept thinking about, I would think about going back to, to work and I had a great employment and great employer, but I wasn't doing what I absolutely loved. And, and I kept thinking, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine spending one day traveling because sometimes I would have to travel, not often, you know, doing something or even just go to work if it wasn't something, putting myself at risk because of course, after a big accident, you kind of, you always think about that when you're as person, anyhow, when you're on the road again. We still think about it every time we drive. And I kept thinking to myself, I never want to be going somewhere unless it's something I love doing. So if I'm taking my kids to gymnastics, I'm fine with that. If I'm, you know, if we're going to see a building, I'm fine with that. But I, I didn't want to do it unless it was something I was passionate about. So then um, that was it. I, I never went back. And the only reason I never went back is because we had already did what we did with real estate so the it gave, it gave me the, the freedom to finally do what i needed to do and since then then we you know we since the book then now so many opportunities have, have opened up and yeah yeah the car crash anyway yeah. so so that's a, a, a long story around no it's uh that's tremendous i mean it's such incredible resiliency number one you know, a lot of people would maybe take a moment like that as a as a defining moment in the wrong direction and and not put themselves forward, and not like you guys did. And 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 I just like the point that you said there. You know, we we could have gone back and we could have gone home and said, oh, you know, and everybody would that would have been a perfectly reasonable thing to do. But that's not what you had intended to do originally. And the fact that you guys just kept going, I mean, gosh, I, I can only imagine how <laughs> inspirational it would have been for people to, you know, see you guys show up in the shuttle like, hey, we're going to this thing and no, no matter what it takes. Um, that's incredible. Absolutely incredible. So, uh, you know, thank you for openly sharing that. I'm sure it's not easy, but at, at the same time, those are the defining moments that definitely 
push you forward, right? And and since then, everything you guys have been able to do to build your portfolio, I'm sure, has roots in in some of the darkest moments, right? So and that's the thing. Like it just made us realize again. We just wanted to to help others and, and do more, and 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 real estate was our route to go, and and we've been able to do that. And even the support when we were there itself too, right? Yeah. The support from everyone. Like I had. You know, I had some of the workers from the conference coming up to me, and we had nothing with us. So, you know, passing me their curler, like just just really nice community of people that we ended up meeting. That everybody, you know, when your things happen, they just kind of are just show up and they're there. So we've made some great connections. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, you know, you guys talk about helping others and, and, you know, you really wanted to be more involved in taking your experience and sharing it with other people. So you guys did write the book. Um, and I know you guys have a, a coaching and mentoring program that you're working on now as well. Why don't, why don't we talk a little bit about that before we get into some of the actual specifics and tactics and strategies, strategies, pardon me, behind how you actually created that portfolio. So tell us a little bit about the book first and, and um, how that came about and, and what's it about? Yeah, and the book, I just want to get it out there, is that uh, remember I was telling you Dave who was being a big baby and created barriers for himself and just couldn't. So, like, I know we both kind of talked about it. It, w- it, was really, it was really a book that I wish I could have said, here, Dave, read this, submit, you know, just, just kind of, and I'm not saying that in the book it tells you how to do everything in real estate, but it's that kind of that kick in the, you know what, to just get out there and do something. Um, it's a good beginner's guide. It's short. It's about 84 pages or so. It's short on purpose, so that way you can... I'm not a big reader. If anything, if something else catches my attention, I'm gone. So I I like podcasts like you're doing. I can listen, I can multitask, but to sit down and read a three, 400 book, I'm I'm done, I'm done. So I couldn't couldn't be a hypocrite and write a book that's, you know, something I wouldn't read. Yeah. So yeah, so it was short at first. It was like 300 pages, but we didn't want it that long. We just wanted something quick, simple, actionable. Um, read it, you know, in one couple hours, and then you have an action plan already to kind of get you started. And yeah, it, it was really well received. The first week that uh, that it yeah. was on Amazon, it became a number one seller. It's been an Amazon number one seller numerous times and in different, different categories. Yeah, yeah like uh, such as investment and real estate. So it's, it's done really, really well. And it's cool looking back. Like, well, I wonder, you know, how awesome it would be if it hit Amazon bestseller or Amazon what, number one, yeah. best, whatever it's called. And then the first week, like, oh my gosh, like it just, it, it, it was, um, we're in a hotel room and I'm like, Dave, yeah, Dave, <laughs> look at this zero. We just got, we came number one bestsellers. So it's pretty and, cool, right? and we're not authors, right? We never thought we were authors, and, writing. And, and a, not- lot of, a lot of teachers in my high school would probably say Dave is not an author. So. <laughs> 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 wow, that's super cool. So oh, let's get into that on the real estate side of things. Because again, you know, one of the purposes for me doing this, this real estate investor miniseries, I really want to talk to investors who are doing different strategies. You know, I've talked to some, we'll be talking to some other people who, you know, are into private lending, and that's more their focus. And then, you know, people who do joint ventures, and that's their focus. But for you guys, as you said, you, you solely own your whole portfolio. And you do it, I assume, through borrowing other people's money and then using that to you know create equity in the, in the properties that you purchase and then refinancing it and, and sending the investors their money back so not to potentially ruin the surprise but oh shit my bad <laughs> wow i just totally stole the show what what a bad host unbelievable um why don't you guys share how you do it and and how it's been so successful for you just to get to the point where you have over 100 units? Um, you know, that's that's not common. And uh, so it's very impressive. So why don't you share with people how you guys structure your business? 
Okay, no. <laughs> and um, like to me, it's so simple. I don't know why everyone's not doing it. Like once you know what, um, but li literally, Doug is buying buying that underperforming property, um, and then I'll start off there. Basically, either getting uh, eighty or seventy five percent from the bank loan to value, uh, or from a private lender or from the the owner, you know, owner financing, and then finding that deposit from someone else. So literally, to go in zero down is our whole philosophy. Um, and like then, those 12 properties, we went in down. zero, none of our own money at all, at all. No, and that's, got, that's our strategy. Is always we got checks money. on closing. Yeah, like it's, you get last month's rent back on closing, right? Uh, and when I mean zero, Doug, I mean we negotiate the land transfer, we negotiate the legals, all into the package. So it's basically the tenants are paying for it, you know, with their monthly rents and then the mortgage payments. Um, so that's our whole philosophy. Go into the deal, zero in, or very little, so that you get, you know, you pay yourself back very quickly. And then the ROI, the return on investment is infinite, right? Once you got your money back. Um, so that being said, underappreciating buildings, you know, go in there, TLC, get the rents up, force that appreciation, get that lift. I love that word, that lift. Um, and our whole kind of, our new kind of saying is the lift, like the appreciation, the forced appreciation. Our new saying is the lift is for the investor. So this person here who initially invested, you know, the down payment with us, once we get that appreciation, that's to pay them back. Um, and then basically, you know, if it was at the bank, that's fine. Or if it, it was with the private uh, or the owner finance, do we eventually bring it to the bank on the refinance? Um, but that's been pretty much it. Like that's, and we were doing this before we knew, like people call it the burr, people call it the flip to self. Mel and Dave just called it common sense. Like we just, <laughs> it just made sense to us. Yeah. And then, like we were just doing it before it was cool. Like, and, then, yeah. and then all of a sudden people put names. So like, yeah, I guess it is that. But to me, it just made sense to and buy I'll, with zero, bring it up, pay people out and have money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'll rewind a little bit. And, and because I, I also remember how it felt. So when we decided yeah. to use other people's money, so private lenders, and, and we use that term very carefully because it is other people's money. It is. Um, you know, you need to make sure to have that exit strategy. When we started hearing, you know, you could do this and, and started doing research on it. I was so fearful of, of using other people's money or private lenders because I, I wanted to make sure that I, you know, I, I could repay them. Yeah. So we did, a, we spent a lot of time, like a lot of time researching. We spent time meeting with people who had large portfolios um, who, who ended up losing it for different reason. And, and, and they were awesome. Like they, they told us everything. And it all came down to their exit strategy. They didn't have a exit strategy set in place. So then that's when we made we decided to okay, you know, we'll never ever buy property without a proper exit strategy. Wow. And and we have people coming to us often to invest with us. And at times we're like, okay, hey, sorry, the time I can't today. Like they'll be like, here, here's a hundred or here's two k, two hundred k. I want to invest with you. And sometimes we have to say, okay, well, I'll find a property, but it might not be today because if I don't have the perfect property, I'm not just going to take your money type of thing. Mm -hmm. which is tempting when you're first, you know, at first you want private lenders and you may not find so many, but just don't be too quick to jump on, on, on boring unless you really have that exit strategy. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I can echo that through a little bit of experience myself and just, 
Yeah, it's so important to not rush the deal just to, you know, just because somebody wants to bring money to the table, just because they want to be on a mortgage, et cetera, et cetera, doesn't mean to rush that process, especially if you don't have a working relationship with each other or they're not necessarily familiar with what it is that you do. So that's a very important point that you made there. Where do you guys, where do you guys invest? You're in Ontario and uh, do you have different cities that you invest in? You just have the one spot that you focus in. Uh, yeah, as of right now, it's been all in North Bay just because, it, well, we live here. It's in our backyard. Uh, and honestly, like, obviously I'm biased because we were born and raised here. However, Doug, the, the market, like people from Toronto, Vancouver, from out, uh, out east, uh, they're, they're investing in North Bay. And I tell everyone this, I've had meetings with the mayor in the city here and, and the Chamber of Commerce uh, president, I guess, mm-hmm. president, CEO, yeah. um, and, and I'm telling them, I'm praising North Bay from the rooftops because... Like the, it's the perfect storm. Um, our, our, uh, our prices are reasonable, you know, $80,000 to $100,000 a door ish, um, which I know some places are double, triple that. Um, so to buy a place is reasonable. It's attainable. The, the monthly rents here, the rents are, are relatively high. People move from down South here and they're always surprised that the rents are still this high. I thought they would be, you know, dirt cheap. So the rents are still high. Um, the vacancy is low. Like our vacancy is 0%. Um, so it's just that perfect storm. There's buildings available. The rents are high. And the when you say it's zero, that's our company. So yeah. we have a, our Sorry. property management. Yeah, we have a property management company to properties. That one, yeah, we, we always, we can't, people call it. I wish I had more units. Yeah. Like I'd fill them. We so can't fill them. And the city's about 2%-ish. Yeah. Sorry. So it's still, but, yeah. it's still pretty low. Yeah. But again, the, the purchase price for these places is attainable. You know, for a $200,000 purchase, you can get a cash flowing building at a thousand, you know, that will produce you a thousand dollars let's say ish a month, right? Profit. Yeah. So uh, from people in the bigger cities and those hot markets, they, they just can't get that. So it, like I say, even if we didn't live here, I would be, I would be very, you know, very much looking at North Bay as an investment opportunity because that perfect trifecta or the three or four things. Anyway, yeah. perfect storm, I'll say yeah. that instead. And that being said, we are for sure still exploring outside yes. as well. So, um, you know, we, we have huge goals for how many properties we want, how many units, um, so we are looking everywhere to find those right cash flowing properties. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm excited. Like again, I want to go uh, nationwide, and I also want to go uh, in the states as well. Um, so, and that's what's kind of cool about our mentorship. And I don't want to skip ahead, but the mentorship we have people from all over Canada and Miami, Atlanta, uh, California, Cincinnati, Boston. So we have people who are making these links now or these uh, relationships, uh, and I hope to capitalize. Well, no, we will capitalize on them. Um, but that being said, yeah, like I'm looking at, you know, secondary markets in BC right now. I'm looking at Winnipeg. There's some in Quebec as well. Uh, New Brunswick, New Brunswick is, the prices are so low. Uh, is it New Brunswick? St. John's. No, is that New Brunswick? I forget. Anyway, St. John's, the prices are so low. Um, I'm just looking at Saskatchewan. Like I just, I'm looking all over the place because I just like find those little pockets, you know, and, and, and. So those perfect storms are very rare, but we happen to live in one right now. So that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, that's great. Uh, let's go, if we can, I want to go back to the, the beginning of when you guys started out your portfolio, because uh, I'm imagining that there was, there was a shift that took place in terms of how you were structuring things from the beginning to what you do now. And, and I know Dave, you and I chatted about it um, briefly when we, when we spoke first. Um, and that's when, 
when you're starting out, a lot of investors are doing things personally under their own names, right? And then they are qualifying for mortgages based on their income. And then they get to a certain point where they hit a roadblock, right? In terms of the number of properties they purchase. Now, you guys, I'll let you share as to how that played out. But is that what you guys did first? And then you started moving into a more of a commercial policy as your portfolio grew and grew. And how did you structure that? Because that's that's something that a lot of investors who want to really grow a big portfolio like you have, are are kind of wondering, well, how do you do that? And how does that work? Yeah. And um, so initially, we kind of like everyone else, we didn't want to create corporations, I didn't want to pay extra money on, you know, prepare my taxes each year. So we bought initially a few in our own name. Uh, You don't know what you don't know. Um, and there's nothing wrong with like, it's, if you're going to buy two, three, and again, I'm not a lawyer or my lawyer always wants me to say legal disclaimer. I'm not giving you legal advice. <laughs> or account, not accountant yeah. either. But anyway, so we bought a couple and then we realized, you know, uh, our whole goal is we have a family trust. All our stuff is under there. So eventually when we pass away, the kids will be named in it and we're going to pass it all to them without triggering any taxable events or any capital gains and all that. So that, that was our kind of... And that's the thing that's for us, why. because we solely own all our properties, it made sense for us, and that's kind of our own... And that's why we don't do joint ventures that much, because I want to own it all so I can give it to the kids, right? Sorry, yeah. I cut you off yeah. there. No, no, <laughs> no, and, and I was just going to say that, um, so it ultimately depends how what what the end goal is, right, mm. for the individual or for the, for the couple buying the properties. You know, if it's joint venture, it might look separately. If, if it's to sell out in... 20 years or in five yeah. years it might so so for sure it's it's not a cookie you know cookie cutter answer for sure no it's really about finding out what do you want ask yourself the question and then speak with the you know investor focused lawyers yeah, investor for sure focused lawyers and and accountants um but that being said like if i like our mentors i tell them you know I, if i really create a corporation a it's asset protection it helps against liability uh the other thing as well taxes you know corporation gets taxed lower uh, a lot of people make good money, but they get, you know, they lose half of it. Um, and, and this just to inspire people. Like, this is why, again, I love real estate. And and it's not a boasting thing. It's a, like, we made seven figures of rent roll last year of, of uh, like, seven, sorry, seven figures of rent came in, you know, out of the coffers came in. And we didn't pay any tax legally because it's with the corporations and everything. You can, you can, you can uh, have those write offs. You can have those, uh, like depreciate all, all that stuff the accountants have fun with. And we received a six thousand dollar check from Justin Trudeau. Like that that's why I love real estate. Like there's so many lawyers and doctors, they make good money, but then they get taxed forty percent. Like, right? I, I couldn't I that would uh, that would hurt me, you know, inside deep down. So that's why again the corporations, the structures, and just the fact that it's real estate, the tax laws are really you know, more and more in our favor. Yeah. So that's um, the one huge, so that's huge what I was talking, about. Yeah. yeah, the real estate, right? And now we have a corporation, like we're property management. So when we have over five employees, so I'm not going to get too technical, but then it becomes a uh, passive, no, sorry, active, it becomes an active business. Um, so then it's like 12% of 13.5, I think it is. So you really start playing those, those legal games, you know, to your advantage. And that's, again, that's why I love real estate. And really making sure, guys, it, it's so worth investing in an accountant, investor-focused accountant. You know, and again, could you try to do it yourself? Can you try to do your own books? Yeah, you could. Firstly, you're going to spend a lot of time doing that when you could be looking and buying properties. Especially which, if it's not your love. Right? Especially if it's not your love or not your expertise. Passion, like, yeah. yeah, I could have figured it out. Or I could pay somebody else to do it. They're going to be better and more efficient than I am. They love it. I personally don't. 
and I can spend my time doing what I love, which also finding the term, deals, finding <laughs> deals, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you guys recently actually won a, a Small Business of the Year award, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah, thank you. We're yeah. so super, very, very honored. It, um, it was just a couple, about what, three Two weeks, weeks ago. Now, yeah. yeah. Right on. Oh, cool. well, yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations on that. It's fantastic. Thank so, you. you know, a lot of, at least I'm thinking of this right now, is, you know, you've, you've created this, this big business out of this. You've created a really large portfolio and, and you obviously had the intention of doing that to begin with. But I'm assuming you didn't know exactly how you were going to do it. So can you maybe talk about the importance of being involved in some real estate investment communities? And, and was there a mentor, a coach that you worked with who had done this before and, and you started working with them to really understand how you were going to create what you've now created as, as the investor couple? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, to be honest, it's a few things. We didn't know it all. And, and there's always, there's still roadblocks at times, right? And I think the most important piece, if I can give you know any feedback, is probably get started, yes. um, even if you don't know everything. You know, and what is it like? If you're going to be driving to I don't know, what is it, New York or wherever it is, you know, you're not going to wait for every single light to be green so you can go right through. We are going to hit the red red light. You're going to come to a stop, and you're going to be determined to figuring it out and getting. So that's kind of how, for us, we didn't know all the answers. We didn't know how we're going to deal with certain things. We just decided to go for it. And, you know, we were, we were determined that when something were to stop or we had that roadblock, that we would figure it out. And, yes, for sure, investing in mentors has been huge as well. Um, the first few years, we did not invest in mentors, probably, you know, thinking, oh, I can, I can do it myself. And, yeah, I did, but I went, my growth went very slowly. And that was the first we bought. We were up to like five, six, seven properties. We hit that roadblock. We invested in mentors. The next year we bought 12 and 12. Like th that's the power of, of knowing what you didn't know before, you know, and that was still good. The portfolio of seven, eight is amazing. Yeah. But when you want all of a thousand doors, seven or eight is not going to do it. So uh, we invested in mentors. We, and honestly, we spent close to about hundred K now in mentors. And I wish honestly that we would have spent more money sooner. So that I would be a lot further along. Yeah. Um, and we still do, you know, where we're key spire members for, for networking and partnerships and that kind of thing. We every Tuesday. Tuesdays are a power day. We we meet for two hours with Dr. Aquino in the morning. In the afternoon we have another mentor. We spend about an hour and a half with them and it's just yeah, like like Dr. Aquino and sorry, and I wanna mention something about overanalyzing and overthinking, but Dr. Aquino is funny. Mel and I are you know what, uh, I kinda wanna do this. I don't fully know how I'm gonna do it yet, but let's let's jump in and we'll figure it out as we go, right? So jump in both feet, figure it out, and make the best of it. And then eventually you figure it out. And it's funny because Dr. Aquino is the type that says, oh, okay, reel you guys back. You know, let's think about this. Let's build, you know, systems and all that. So it, it's, it, it, it's knowing that that's not our strength and knowing that she is an awesome mentor because she does that for us. Yeah. So it's um, finding somebody that you know can, is A, driven, B, should be more successful than you. And see that's going to really help you push through. So whatever you think you need, you know, do you need you need somebody to follow up with you? Do you need somebody to push you through? Do you need somebody to maybe slow you down because you go a little bit too fast sometimes, <laughs> right? So what do you need and find somebody for you know to help you with that? It, yeah, it, but but like you, um, I think it was you, Dr. Mel. Just that overanalyzing. Like I know everyone says paralysis analysis, but the the overanalyzing every step before you even do like wanting to know everything before you do anything, I find just cripples people. 
Um, and I know I'm the complete opposite. Maybe sometimes it's not the, the best, but I'd rather be, you know, jump in a little bit more than have to know every, 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 every single detail before moving an inch. And I just, I, I feel bad when, and, and tweet is on, but I, when I see people like that, I'm like, just, just try it. Just jump in. You're, you're going to figure it out. You know, we're all intelligent adults. And I can think of top of my head about a dozen people that we've had conversation with who, who are very analytical and they needed answers and they still haven't grown their portfolio, right? Because well, yeah. they're also always waiting and need to know everything. You're waiting for that perfect time, which does not exist. No, it never does. Um, you know, it's there's always something in your life that's gonna anyone that's going listening. On. Yeah, there's no perfect time. Now's the perfect time. And yeah. again, it's cliche, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'll echo some of those comments there. I, I'm a very analytical type, and I, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, oh, <laughs> I'm gonna give Dave a bit of a hard time here because he was just like, I don't know who mentioned it. If it was, you know, the over analysis, if it was you, Doug, or Mel, and I'm just like, uh, I, I'm pretty sure Dave mentioned that. <laughs> I think he was over analyzing his over analysis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, just oh man, just giving you a hard time. I know I could get away with it, so I figured I would. <laughs> but I, I'm the the kind of person who does a lot of analysis, right? I've, I'm, I'm an engineer by trade and, and I have the engineering background and a lot of the way I talk is very like, you know, logically hey, point one, point two, point three, And yeah, I had a friend actually of mine who uh, a while ago, he's like, oh, you're always analyzing stuff and you're always, you know, why don't you just go do something? And so over the years, I, I I don't know where I came up with it, or I definitely didn't come up with myself. Somebody else gave it to me or I read it and they basically said, when you know 80% of what you feel you need to know, it's time to jump. Because if, if you know that much, then you either got to go make it happen or, you, you know, the difference between knowing that next 5% and how long it's going to take you to learn that is not worth the potential risk avoided because you're never going to be able to mitigate everything. And I thought, wow, that that just gives me so much more calmness in, you know, moving towards something that maybe I may not be a little bit comfortable with you know can i handle the risk basically and and if you believe that you can then you know hit 80 percent and uh and jump in the water so to speak cool. i love that That's well said, Doug. Yeah, well and, and you're right about the risk you know there's risk and and we're not saying go out there and you know yeah. make uneducated risk absolutely not everything we do you know we try to yes to inform ourselves and, and all that um but there is some risk of course with with anything that you yeah. do but it's again it's trying to eliminate or reducing those risks by by doing your due diligence by doing your research by reading books listening to your podcast maybe a little bit <laughs> but it's true though Doug, like looking back when mel and dave first started did i know everything no did i mitigate my risks and did i did i minimize my my uh you know my, my risk assessment or my uh yes but I didn't know everything. And looking back, I was like, hey, you didn't really didn't know anything. <laughs> but <laughs> but at that point, I knew enough to make an educated decision. And, you know, I hit my 80 and I was ready to jump in. So that's cool, Doug. That's cool mm-hmm. that you said that. I like that analogy. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really, really good point. Really, I think that would be helpful for people who are stuck in analysis paralysis. Um, yeah. you, now, you mentioned earlier you started when you started spending some money on some mentors and you started working with coaches that your, your growth went from kind of linear to more or less exponential. And so I want to tie that into now what you guys are doing uh, in your mentorship program because you made a good point here and it's it's about who you're going to work with on that coaching relationship you want to see that they have better results than you that they can then communicate those results with you and there's a bit of a connection it's one thing to respect their results but it's another thing to actually 
do I get along with this person? Do I like what they're about? So you guys are now doing a mentorship program yourself. You're, you're certainly more than qualified for it. Now, why don't you tell us a little bit about what that mentorship program looks like and, and how you're helping people become real estate investors? Yeah. And, and you know, it, it, we love it. It's becoming what we, it's we fun. get excited. We, we know when, when we, we know it's coming good. up, feels it feels good, good where basically there's, there's different options, but um, essentially it's, it's just tons and tons of video, video conference like this. It's recorded. You can watch it anytime. So it's meant to be really, really flexible and it's just giving us information. And, and even where we go through the cash flow analysis um, matrix, for example, that that Dave has created and revised and over the it. years, and you can maybe explain that as a, as a little tidbit. Yeah, and Doug, I'm just gonna. Um, what's easy to like, and I think the people that sign up to our our, our mentoring, uh, I think it's easy for them to to feel comfortable about it because I believe in it so much. Like I'm literally in it all day long in this uh, in the matrix, <laughs> in the cash flow analysis matrix, but. Yep. Um, like it works. That's why like, I'm not, I don't have a hard time selling it. There's they're talking about it or because I'm like, guys, this is how I buy my buildings. This is how I buy my buildings, how I get my lift, this is how I repay the investors. And if it doesn't make it in the, in the, in the matrix, move on. So it's very, like, I'm a very kind of gray person, but when it comes to numbers, it's black and white. And that's why I love the sheet. And that's why I love our method because it works. And um, uh, what was I going to say? The other thing is we're not people that are saying, yeah, when I did it 20 years ago, this is how I did it. This is how you should do it. Or in theory, yeah, look, this looks good in theory. You know, you try it out. It's no, no. Like we just bought two buildings literally. So I guess it's three. I keep saying last week, but it's three weeks ago now. Zero down. Um, so it's like, guys, I'm, I'm showing you how it works. I'm doing it all the time. It's in real time. This is this is true. And anyway, yeah, that's I, I get passionate about it because it, it works. We do it. So we talk a lot about the, obviously, how to find those cash flowing properties, um, where to invest, how to structure your deals, how to create win-win partnerships, how to prepare a portfolio if you're going to approach somebody about being a private lender. Most importantly, we spend a lot of time about how to ensure that you can pay them back and, yes. and using that matrix. That's a big help. And again, we, we're not just talking about what we do it. So in 2017, that's when we bought 12 and 12 months. Um, they were all five-year Terms. All multifamily as well. Yeah, all multifamily. I think it was like 54 units until anyway. Yeah. yeah. So 12 properties, five year terms. And by the end of this year, we're going to have repaid 11 out of the 12. Now that's three years early, right? So, mm-hmm. so again, that, that trust and, and that's what you, and that's what we want to show people how to do because yeah. it creates two things. One, your monthly income within, like for us, within two years went from here to here on those properties alone because. I'm no longer paying lender one, 600 bucks and lender two, 300 bucks and lender three, 700 bucks. And you do that times 11, that's substantial amount per month. And I have 11 lenders that I paid them back. Guess what they're doing now? Three years early. Three years early. Well, wait a second. I wasn't expecting my money early. I trust you. I made money. It was a win-win. So here, let's do it all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it almost becomes easier once, once you know the method, you know how to do it, you build that trust. Again, and, and now we have people coming to us, you know, quite often, which is amazing. So that way we can continue. And we do, and we really focus on that, on win-win. It has to be win-win for you, but it has, has, to, has to be win-win for the partner. And I, when I say partner, again, it's not joint venture, but for that private lender, um, it has to be a win-win yeah. for them as well. So, you know, we, we work with them um, very carefully to ensure whether, we ask them what their needs are, right? When 
how long the term they're looking for and whatnot. And, and based on what their needs are, we'll make, we'll choose the right deal for them type of thing. Mm-hmm. So for somebody who is interested in doing that, not that this is any in any way a, a sales pitch, but you know, for, for people who are particularly looking f- to lend money, they don't necessarily want to own real estate. What, what, um, you know, what's the profile for that person look like for you guys? And, and how can you help that person get what they need in terms of a, a return from their investment? Yeah. And um, we have a lot of different people. Like we have people now who are investing their RSPs with us. It's people, like I'm thinking of the lady who's doing RSPs. It's people that um, are not happy with the return that they're getting on their RSPs. And I'm not bashing, you know, secured funds to each his own, but uh, they want that higher return. They're, 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 you know, they're not happy with where they are with that. Uh, it's people that they, they don't want to deal with tenants. They don't want to own. They don't want to have unexpected bills. You know, hey, I'm taking this apart and I found asbestos. Now I need to remediate. Or, oh, your electrical is all aluminum. We need to upgrade it. So they just don't want to deal with that. They just want to be involved with real estate because it's secure and it's been around forever and Anyway, they just uh, don't want to have to worry about any the re- the real estate part of it, the actual exactly. ownership. So, so they want to be in real estate but not own anything. Like well, anyway, but um, so it's people that have time, or sorry, that don't have the time, have the money, and are probably past that point in their life where they're like, ah, no, I don't want to own anything. Just, just, just give me points on my money. Yeah, and uh, and the age varies. I mean, we have some lenders that are younger that have young children, they're working full time, they just don't want to think about it, but they want to make higher return on their investments. Uh, we have some people and they like to learn a little bit that we talk to them about it. And they're like, okay, well, my kids are finally, you know, out of diapers. Well, now I'll know a little bit. So I, you know, in grade seven, I'll be able to invest. Yeah, some people want it so that we can kind of give them tips throughout and they learn as, as we, you know, build the portfolio. Win-win. Um, some people are retired, have the RSP they're not touching yet, and they just want to make a bit, you know, short term, make extra money on their money. So, so there's not a natural, you know, it varies. It's just, I guess it really comes down to somebody who wants to be more hands off, uh, but loves real estate and sees the value of, of real estate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm curious as to, you know, obviously real estate investing is, is a passion for both of you and, and you really wanted to make a business out of it. How is going into real estate and, and having the real estate investments that you have really allowed you to feel confident and comfortable in the creation of that financial future that, that you want and, and a certain financial future and as well as your current lifestyle that is, you know, I would say uh, improved and more enjoyable than perhaps when you guys were, were working previously. What has real estate investing allowed for your lifestyle? Yeah. And, and, Good question, Doug, because a lot of people talk about the money, but the lifestyle that comes with it is, uh, so, okay. We just on this past weekend, I'm going to kind of steal an analogy that we did on stage is, uh, and the crowd seemed to like it. So I'm, I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll do the first part. So the first part was that, you know, I'm, I was making good money around 70 K, um, working at our, at our local college, good job, um, had benefits, which is helpful when three kids, I have three kids. So that's helpful. Had a pension. Everyone used to tell me I have the dream job. Why would you ever want to leave? And I would get that all the time. But I had the dream job, but I was stuck because I didn't have the freedom. I didn't have the freedom to do what I wanted at any time I wanted. You know, I, I, these are my hours that I worked. And, and yeah, I, I mean, and they were by all means very flexible. Um, but I didn't get to choose if I wanted to... If I wanted to take the afternoon off, I had to ask somebody, right? I just didn't have the freedom to do what I want whenever I wanted. So that's the difference. As we talk about, everyone wants security. I want to be secure. 
And, and when you really can, okay, so I, I like to do these analogies. So there's secure and freedom and security, sorry, and freedom. So security, well, who is the most secure people in the world? And then people in jail, right? They're stuck in a six by six room. <laughs> They're locked in there. People let them out when they want to. They're watched by cameras. There's guards literally watching them. They tell them, you know, when, why, what, and how. So that's, they're very secure. That's the most secure people. Well, I don't want that, right? And same with the job, like Mel had, she had security. But you know what? It's a, it's a college, a new uh, president. Yeah. New president of college comes in. Hey, we're restructuring. Well, that security just went out the door. So sometimes you yeah. think you're safe, but you, when you really think about it, you just really, what yeah. if the college closes? Like, you just never know. I, I was putting my future and my kid's future into somebody else's hands you ultimately because I can't control. Now, the freedom aspect and I know I'm going to get back to your lifestyle. You're probably thinking, guys, stop talking about your jail, your jail sentence here. Talk about freedom. <laughs> no, it's great. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> but, so, okay. So this is where we want it. So freedom. So now we have freedom and uh, financial freedom and actually freedom, freedom. Like we were at the office today and, you know, oh, we got to talk to Doug. So we came home to do, a, you know, we didn't have to ask anyone. We just told our director of operations and everyone, okay, guys, see you tomorrow. You know? Yeah, we decided to go. Dave, let's, I'm hungry. Let's go for lunch. Go for, for sushi, lunch. You know, I have not to worry. Our dogs were in the office with us. I mean, two German shepherds that park and everything walking by. And it's just, it's, there's no boss that's going to say, hey, it's, it's just doing what you want when you want. And again, I'm not saying it's all roses. We work because we love it. So like now we're working all the time, but we're also never working. If that makes sense, like it's. We uh, work when we want, right? I mean, and we do it. We love, we, we love what we do. Um, So we are, yeah, we, we work a lot. It's not like we just sit by the beach and do that thing. I would go crazy after I'm a week of doing crazy. that. Um, I think I but I have the flexibility, week. right? So if ever <laughs> my daughter has a dentist appointment at 1130 one day, and then I'm like, you know, and not that I do this often, but if I say, want to go out for lunch and go shopping after instead of going back to school, it's like, yeah, I can, right? Because I don't have to worry about reporting to anyone. I get yeah. that. And again, it's just that that's the kind of freedom that you get with, yeah. with doing this. But like no one's going to fire us from our buildings, right? Like it's... But the money's still when we're sleeping. The money's still coming in, right? So and that's it. And we, yeah. we want to grow. We have targets. We're passionate. We want to help people. So that's why we're continuing to work absolutely. And I, I can't imagine ever stopping because I because no. I love it. It's it's not work. It's my passion. And Doug, the lifestyle, like again, it, it, obviously the money's there. You know, we get to like a three whatever today. The our kids are going to get off the school bus. Our four year old who's first year of school. We're going to get like we put them on the bus. We take them off the bus. You know, we do kind of whatever we want. Now, where was I going with this? Oh, the thing I love about our niche of real estate, about owning buildings solely, and uh, it's a long-term play, it's apartment buildings, it's multifamily, is, and I'm not knocking any other type of real estate investing, you know, to each his own, is what I love about it is I'm not chasing a job. All those other things, again, I find you've created another job for yourself, like wholesaling. And we've, and we've done flipping ourselves. Sometimes we buy one yeah. and it makes sense and we've, we've flipped, flipped a few. So we're not, by all means, saying it's a bad strategy. No, no. It's, it made people like a lot of money on it. But yeah. for me, I didn't want another job. So like wholesaling, flipping, you know, joint, like all that stuff. I just saw it as another job and I was so anti that. I just, that's why I like this because whether I decide to continue or not, my buildings are going to keep paying. And so it, that's, that was kind of my mentality. So that's the lifestyle that I like is I don't have to go out and look for more stuff. The buildings are there. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And, and I want to just tie in, if it's not already clear from what Mel and Dave are saying here, is that 
This concept of security, and, and I learned about this firsthand, you know, I got out of school, I, I got back to this job that I had in, as a mining engineer, and uh, we worked two weeks on, two weeks off. And so I'd got up there on, on the Wednesday, I've started, you know, of my, my 14 day set, and it was day four, or no, not day four, it was day six, okay? And so, you know, we're getting to the halfway point, and I woke up one day, there was talk of potentially shutting down the mine, and I woke up that morning, and I just heard plane after plane landing on the runway because I was at a camp, right? You had to fly in and out. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that's odd. It's not fly out day. <laughs> What's going on? And uh, I, I walked down the stairs and there were posters all over the doors to say, you know, town hall meeting, 7 a.m., everybody in the cafeteria, you know, the whole mine. And um, yeah, the, the CEO had flown in and um, the, the mine was shut down like that instant. You know, you're, you're working, you have a project on the go and you have these inklings that things are going to change. And then all of a sudden, you know, everybody's going home and no joke, 747 after 747 on the hour took off 500 people from a mine site. And, and that day, 500 people just lost their job. Now, as a contractor, I didn't get much of a severance pay, but people who were there, you know, they, they got maybe three, four months. And that sounds like a lot. It sounds great. But you talk about security. And I always thought immediately after that moment, I was like, there's no way I'm going to tie my security to one source of income. There's no way I'm going to tie it to somebody else's telling me when and where to show up and me putting in my time for that. And that's it. That to me is an incredibly unsecure thing to do, but it's yeah. been sold as the secure thing to do for most people. What, I don't know. What do you guys, it seems like you guys echo the same sentiments in what you're saying. So I wanted to share yeah, that story. Thank you for sharing that. That's, and it's Good so story, hard. Yeah. It's, oh. You're absolutely right. A hundred percent. You, if you're, and I've, I've seen this with it actually, you know, in the, even the, in the real estate world, just from connecting with people, you know, we have, we have one of our friends, Steve, who's a pilot, same thing. Like he thought he was safe after unexpectedly 9-11, right? Guess what's happening? Like you just, you never know. So don't, so you need to take control and, and whether or not you want to have hundred doors or you want to have five doors, but having that extra stream of income um, is really helping protect yourself and your your family right yes. in case in case something does change unexpectedly because god forbid like if you know if i look back five years ago and we didn't have that many doors and i would have lost my job because of something happened you know with kids i, I don't even want to think about what would happen yeah and and i'm going to tack something on that no and thank you for the story doug that that's uh and good for you for changing your mindset mm -hmm. um like everyone talks about the recession coming up like everyone's talking about it you go on youtube um, what I like again about buildings is no one's going to fire me. Like I've already said, the other thing too is I shouldn't say buildings are recession proof, but how do I say this? Basically, you know, on paper, you know, if I don't need to refinance or sell a building in the next little while, let's say there's a recession 2020, let's just play this game. Um, okay. So maybe on paper, the valuation has gone down. So maybe, you know, our buildings were here and then we, we lost three or $5 million in, what they're worth. Okay. I'm not looking at selling. I'm not looking at refinancing. The buildings are going to stay full because people are going to have a hard time to qualify for mortgages or not like all that stuff. The rents continue to come in um, on paper. The building's worth less. However, I don't care because my rents are still coming in. The mortgages are getting paid and the cash flow is there. And we're not planning on selling right now. Anyhow. So, so for us, we're in a buy and hold. So that, that's the, and that's why I, I get worried about the flippers and the people that do different stuff. 
Like, I just feel very, and that's when we were building our portfolio and we thought, what do we want? Do we want to go all commercial? Like we, that's what really, and this was after the 2008, right? So it was fresh for everyone. So that's when we really thought multifamily, long-term buy and hold, even if there is another recession, we make, make, might make less, but we're still comfortable. We still have cash flow. And so I, hopefully I explained that well, Doug, but this is the mindset on how to pick a, a certain stream of, of real estate. So we just really thought ahead. And uh, anyway, hopefully that made sense. No, no absolutely. I, I think we've, we've tied a nice little bow on that one. That's, uh, that's fantastic. So I, I'm thinking we're, we're getting pretty close here to, to wrapping up the show. Again, I want to thank you guys for, for coming on here. It's been fantastic. Uh, I'm using the word fantastic way too much. I'm going to have to edit those out and add in some more nice descriptive words like awesome and cool. Uh, <laughs> Got to have fun with this, right? Got to have fun. Absolutely. So, it's been amazing. Yeah. So, hey, you're easy to talk to you. Yeah, I, like I, I really, really enjoyed our chat. That's great. That That's great. Awesome. So I, I generally ask three questions at the end of this, and, and a lot of them have actually been covered and and tied in, but you know, the, the podcast name is grow, give and expand. And so in the name of that, what are you guys looking to do in terms of, you know, your personal presence, not only your real estate, of course, but personally, what is a focus for you guys in the next year in terms of really growing who you are as, as individuals? I don't miss yeah, go ahead. What Mel and I have been talking about. Um, and I don't know if that'll be in the give. I'm trying to think if I don't want to overlap. It's okay. If they, if they transition. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is, I really want, because again, I want to talk to that Dave from before who was scared. And then Dave from high school who thought, what am I going to do in my life? I don't want to go to university for four or five years. That's not me. I don't want to go to college for five years. I want to talk to those people there in high school. So Mel and I are going to start uh, speaking at high schools uh, and saying it's okay if you, if you fall outside that cookie cutter. Entrepreneurship, and I know everyone entrepreneurship is hot right now, but I, I just want to tell people it's okay. You know, there's different things you can do real estate, or if you want to, you know, sales is always uh, obviously on real estate bias, but I just want to go to schools, talk to people and uh, try and kind of uh, make those kids like the Daves in school that thought, what the heck am I going to do with my life that, you know, you'll, you'll figure it out and it's okay. So um, I don't know if I explained yeah, that too well. No. And same with us, with me, obviously same thing, uh, you know, we're going to be doing that together. And just continuing to help people, like we, Feels we good. just love it. Like we, we get so excited with our mentoring program to to get feedback. Like one lady, we hadn't even officially started, but I gave her some homework and things I wanted her to start working on. And I got a text from her, and that's before we even started. And she said, "It's already been a life changing program," and which is just like wow. Like I, you know, we're helping others, we're making a difference, and that's exactly what our mission is. We want to. It's bigger than you know. Like we just. Anyhow, so, so just really continuing to, yeah. to do that because, again, there's nothing special about us. We just did it. We figured out. We made some mistakes. We learned. We invested in our growth. Um, we took action. And now we want to help others do the exact same thing because if we did it, anyone else can absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that does kind of actually tie in with with what you did, what, what you are, what you do want to give. So you know, you you want to grow, of course, your presence, and I think the the speaking aspect of things, but also to take that and then give your experience and knowledge to others, which is is absolutely admirable. So it's that's fantastic. Again, fantastic, saying that way too much. Um, in terms of in terms of expanding, you guys have you already had a big vision to begin with, you know, and you have this big uh, portfolio now. But Dave, you were talking about it a little bit earlier in terms of taking this across the country and potentially down in the United States as well. So what is the next, yeah. I guess it will probably be in the next few years, what does really expanding your, your reach and your impact in that community, what does it look like for you guys? 
And I mean, if and and before you kind of explain further, I want yeah, I'll cut him off before he starts. Uh, <laughs> before David goes ahead, you want to really make sure so our goal is very specific and measurable. So that's how we set our goals. Um, so for us, you know, it's uh, we want to hit, we want to get to a thousand units um, within five years. We said that a couple of months ago. So then we kind of break it down. Well, what does that mean per year? It's all, well, you're an engineer. It's all about reverse engineering, right? right? So, and then, okay, what, how, how does that, what does that mean? Six months. So now we know how many we need to close approximately per month. Um, and again, because it's a high number, it, it requires massive action, which obviously now means that we need to go outside our market. So yeah, that reverse engineer. Yeah. So it's pretty much answered it for me. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it's exactly that stuff. That. So we have over 100. So we know, okay, we need 900 doors in the next five years. That's 180 per year, 90 per biannually. So every six months, uh, again, we need to close it. So by doing that, setting these massive goals, and that's just in our real estate portfolio. I want to take the mentorship. I want to help as many people as possible. I want to help people go from that security or false security to the freedom column, right? So that's also on our mentorship. That's going to be a whole other thing. I, on, the, um, on the speaking engagements, I want to speak all over North America or the world. Because um, again, I, th- I feel like our model or it's it's it's, it's um, applicable all over the place. Um, but but yeah, so it's just it's not just how many doors. It's doing a lot of different things, and um, yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I know we'll get there because we're again we're and it's we're nice a little bit uh, we're a little bit out there. We just kind of jump into things and figure it out. But uh, we've got the nice base and the knowledge and foundation yeah. to go. And then that. being able to do all that and. and- Doing it jointly, so doing it together, which is and we bring fun. our kids everywhere. So when we go somewhere, the kids, even the two German Shepherd dogs, come with us. So it's a yeah, whole it's a whole family. We, we go to a speaking gig. Guess who's coming with us? Yeah. So the two dogs and the three kids. It's a full so, vehicle, but so, it's, so we're not missing out on family time. So it's really uh, it's really enjoyable, and that's that's the joys of doing it as a couple, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I really like the way you guys have a structured your business. B, of course, structuring you know your family life and your lifestyle around that, so that you are in a place where you know you feel like you're doing what you really love to do, and and uh, now you're you're at the position where you could really help and give back to other people. That's that's just. Uh, it's awesome to see. So uh, I'm incredibly grateful for you guys. I know you're you're busy. You're, you're obviously you've got a big goal here, so you've got to buy some properties and things like that. So <laughs> yeah, so to take the time, <laughs> yeah, so to take the time and, and come on this podcast here with me, it's uh, I really appreciate it. Really appreciate what you guys are doing and and what you stand for. So uh, I want to thank you for, great, for taking the time. You're a great guy. We're really happy to. No, yeah, uh, you're very like I said, yeah, you're very you We've yeah. done a lot of podcasts. No, you're you're, you're anyway, it flowed. It great. flowed. So I like yeah, that. It's awesome. Thank you for the positive feedback. So what I'm going to do for, for Mel and Dave here and, and for the listeners is we'll, we'll put in the show notes there some links to their book, also a link to their mentorship program for those who, who may be interested in, in finding out a little bit more about what that looks like and how they could possibly get involved. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty much a wrap in terms of this edition of the Grow, Give, Expand podcast from uh, Melanie and Dave Dupuy, the investor couple. Any final words, you guys? No, guys, we give tons and tons of free tips all the time as well on social media so content, content, content. yeah so investor mel and dave we're everywhere we're on instagram and facebook and what else is there i we recently joined uh tiktok <laughs> even oh, yeah. we're on youtube so yeah so so subscribe or, or like or follow us and uh, you'll get lots we post there almost every day so and you also get the you might get to see a picture of the, the two puppies yeah <laughs> together in the office in the office yeah <laughs>
Awesome, Doug. This has been a blast. Honestly, I really enjoyed my my time. And I hope we get to meet really soon yeah. as well, uh, face to face. So, and I know it was off the air, but you can then I can really see how tall you are. We won't say the other thing. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> right on. And therein ends the listen. Thank you once again to my guest, the investor couple Melanie and Dave Dupuy. If you want to get in touch with Melanie and Dave, you can on a variety of platforms, including Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn, search for Investor Mel Dave. That's Investor Mel Dave, all one word, no spaces. You can find them there. If you're interested in finding out more about their mentor programs, about their story, about some of their other appearances on other podcasts and media platforms, you can check them out online at InvestorCoupleMelAndDave.com. Again, that's InvestorCoupleMelAndDave.com. Their best-selling book, Real Estate Investing Secrets, A No BS Guide to Creating Wealth and Freedom, is available on Amazon, the link to which is posted in the show notes. As we wrap up another edition of the show, I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. I appreciate each and every one of you who takes the time to listen to these episodes, applies what you're learning, and uses it to improve the quality of your life. This is the Grow, Give, Expand podcast, and I'm your host, Doug Myers. And until next time, keep growing, giving, and expanding.